Ah, yes, Melody. You heard it just then coming in, and you're going to hear it right now. Ah, that was a little melody for you. Hee hee. Ah. Another little tune for you. Ah, I just love song. It inspires me personally. You know, there's a saying that singing is like telling a story twice. Because the story just loves them gushy, healthy songs. So then we must sing of our hearts to the story. Sing of our desires and sing also of the secrets our friends have told us in confidence. Go ahead and let one rip if you got one. Well, we'll get around to that, I suppose. The story must be told. We now ache with song. Gosh, I'm just gonna let it out. Liturgical director Carl, go ahead and play that organ I love so much, and I'm just gonna let out all of my favorite songs, and everyone can just enjoy whatever one they wanna hear. Hee hee, uh, ah, hee. do, do, ha, ha. Oh, 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 no, 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 no. All right, turn. That's that's enough. Ugh. Some days the song lives within me, and today, oof, it was one of those days. What a, an experience for us all. <clears throat> and now a psalm to guide us. Healthy tots of names correct loved the eager morn that the mother laid an egg. She had made babies, she had made tots and lads and sweets, but an egg was something new and her children it did please. Mama squatted raw and painful as the Lord told her to do. She sat on it lightly, nightly, while her children's hunger grew. Then Mama woke that Tuesday and smelled something oh so good indeed. For the children had scrambled up her egg and ate her blessed seed. Oh, she got so angry. Ah, she filled with ire. She bashed them up all proper and then cooked them on their fire. She did not miss her five lost children, for their deaths would soon be erased. For she laid her eggs in eights, and all babes were replaced. Wow, it's strange that even though I was the one reading it, hearing it as I read it, was really a profound experience for me. The story guides us in so many ways, and today it guided me to see a truer sense of self. The story must be told. The story must be told. A reading from the Book of Melody, titled 
The Book of Melody by Gripper the Ascetic. In the Durandan Valley, at the base of the mountains through which the yearning brother wandered, the Lord did smite a woman with his blessing. Denna, born of Father Jeremin and Mother Deborin, was a child with no natural love for her family. She did not obey her father's commands, and of her mother's fabric she pierced no needle and worked no loom. Yet her voice could sing any note. And for all her sloth and deceit, her jubilant song gave her parents pride. At that time, the Lord cast a plague on the people south of the valley in Bomora, because they had forgotten the Lord. The Boromites worshipped their genitals. They painted faces on the tips of the men's stiff sex, and to the woman's clapping lips they adhered shining jewels and silly strings. Of the Lord's ire each tested. They built a statue commemorating the phallus with gold, and laughing built a statue for the Lord too, but out of pig excrement. Thus, for fourteen days and fourteen nights, the Lord drowned the people. Birds, plants, and small writhing grotesques of Bomora in a pestilence. It was a pestilence of scabs which itched and boils which burst. It was a pestilence of incontinence which dripped. The Lord said unto them, Yea, hear thy command. Thou shalt have scabby nuts and runny drawers until thou hast proven thy devotion. Build for thy Lord a temple to fill with bold song of so-and-so cubits and such-and-such hand-lengths. Disobey, and thy shalt cast more pestilence. Thy can attest him. Having heard the word of the Lord, their hearts filled with fear, which the Lord called love. The Lord knew no difference between the two, for while many feared the Lord without love, no one ever loved the Lord without fear. While the Lord stewed, half the Boromites cleared groves of pine nut trees for timber and made bricks of river clay for the temple. A quarter of them wrote songs of praise, while the final quarter sought a singer to sing the songs. In the Durandid Valley, Denna of Jeremin grew to be a nuisance to her parents, and of their patience she did test. In times of harvest, she sang of eulogy, and in times of eulogy, she sang of birthday. Her voice boldened with the years so that even in the fields, German could hear his daughter's song and did gnash his teeth. It was then one night. The Boromites heard Denna's song from all the way across the valley. The notes built ladders in their hearts to which they could reach their lord with plying fingers and separating flesh which writhed of maggots and stank of death. They followed the song to Jeremin's home, but were ashamed of their cursed flesh. They hid their deformity with sheets of black cloth which soaked of their blood and ripped of their skin. Deborin, wife of Jeremin, 
saw the black-clothed masses and heard their teeth gnashing and smelled their drawers dripping. She did say to her husband, Prepare thou a pitcher of water and a pitcher of wine, for I will gather figs and almonds. Tonight we are blessed with pilgrims. When the travelers from Bomora knocked upon Jeremin's gate, he welcomed them with open arms. It was then the pilgrims told Jeremin of their intention to purchase from him the singer of song. Jeremin fell to his knees and praised the Lord. Blessed am I among fathers, he sang, for today my duty is complete. Denna was woken by Debor and, ignorant of the strangers in her home, she scolded her mother. Who has woken me? Bilious woman, I scorn thee. Deborin, tongue gifted by the Lord, did then tell the daughter of the travelers drawn by her song. She spoke of their love for Denna's golden voice, of the rings on their fingers and the jewels on their flesh, and of the gifts they did bring. Denna grew scarlet and allowed the mother to dress her. By candlelight, Denna was draped in virginal white and her throat was brushed with unction and her hair oiled with perfume and her breath freshened with cardamom. In the other room, the father broke bread and thanked the pilgrims. The Boromites paid for the girl with desperate generosity, coins of gold and silver, sheep bloated with fat, casks of wine, jewels to bedazzle and colorful strings to tie. Jeremin and Deborin rejoiced at their wealth and abandoned their humility right then for luxury. From that day on, Jeremin worked no plow, and Deborin plied no needle. When Denna, however, saw her new owners and their scabs and their drippings and torn skin and wailing mouths and black tongues and malodorous tumors, she screamed, The parents covered their ears to their daughter's final song, counting their blessings as the daughter was caged. Heading south to Bamora, the pilgrims took their prize and cried tears of joy, thinking their trials complete. Through the gaps of her cage, the Boromites prodded Denna with sharp sticks and filthy fingers, smudging her white gown with spots of black blood and crusts of mahogany scab. Though they wished her to sing, she would not. She said to them, Release me, vile pilferers, and I shall sing a song of praise more resplendent than any alleluia and more truthful than any hymn. Keep me, and I shall never sing again. The Boromites covered their laughing mouths with black fabric, for the pleas of the singer amused them. There is no release for you, the priestess Calistina said, until there is a cure for us. Thus, Denna was taken to Bamora against her will, and her cheeks did run with her tears for 14 days and 14 nights of a sleepless journey. Each mile they marched, the land grew more cursed with the Lord's disdain. No birds flew. No trees took root, and the soil was but salt, and the air but smoke. 
When the pilgrims finally reached their city, filled with scab-ridden decrepits and carnal zealots with their weeping genitals, the scent of their rank bodies and sight of their unruly flesh filled Denna with wailing. <coughs> the Boromites delivered the singer to a shiny, glorious temple, and the builders did jubilate. Throngs of the tumor-ridden masses gathered in exaltation. The wearied travelers delivered Denna to a stage of polished brass and smoking incense. It was there the priestess pleaded with her. Please, child, sing a song of praise for our vengeful lord. Sing of his terrors and sing of his delights. Denna did not sing. Her terror became her and she produced only wails of lamentation. The priestess fell to her knees, popping scabs off as though barked from a falling tree. She wiped the girl's feet with her hair and muddied the girl's gown with her teeth, imploring, please, child, just one song for the Lord. Share the gift he gave you, lest his temper rise. Yet Denna would not sing. The Lord's anger stirred and the temple began to shake. Child, the priestess cried, if not for us, sing for your own sake. Sing for your own life. Save yourself so we might all be saved. Yet Denna did nothing except cross her arms, pucker her lips, and to the Lord, stick out her tongue. The shaking stopped and a paralyzing calm fell over the city of sin. The Lord, angered by the display, spoke then to the Boromites, Cursed art thou who disobeys thy Lord, who betrays his command with albeit momentary disobedience. Thou cowardly ways, seal yon fate. With that, the Lord breathed a pillar of flame which did terrify and smite. Mothers beheld the awesome might of thy Lord, holding babes which melted to goo. All the dogs caught fire, ran through the markets and nurseries, and did not die until they were cinders in dog shape. Denna crisped in her every inch, except the one upon her throat, which bore the unction, for it was the balm of the Lord. The city, the people, and the singer, each was ash, save for that pebble of throat. The Lord then had thyself a breather. It was a Tuesday evening, and the Lord sat in the patio of heaven. The oily smears of the universe passed under his feet. He shone with the suns of all time and all of space. Yet, even this grandeur did not stop him from accruing stench. He rubbed a hand over his belly. I smell like shit, he sniffed. Thy lord took a shower something he willed quite literally into existence, fitted for his size and scale and extra-dimensionality. Shower was one of those rare discoveries of humanity that he actually desired for himself. They could be clever, his flock, when he let them be. With the water rinsing over his taut astral bod, the 
grease of destruction grew moist between his folds and monumental creases. His cosmic muscles lost their tension. Thy lord had himself a hearty sigh. He had killed everyone, again. Was it really necessary? They had discovered agriculture this time. In another decade, they'd be smelting, too. Of course, it wasn't wrong what he did. It couldn't be. Not as long as he was the one doing it. Still, he chastised. It was certainly wasteful. He wasn't clean enough. He pumped thy lord's body wash, the spittle of two millennia of mewling hairless creatures he drowned ground and topped with a hand pump and drizzled the goop into a planet-sized sponge. The loofah was a monstrous coral, once the largest creature alive, a miracle biome, until the lord blessed it with his purpose. Now it was dead and sudsy. Thy lord eased it between thine holy thighs. He purred. Thy lord had everything he wanted to wash. Robust testicles. A cat's number of jiggling, milky tits. Eight hunking shafts, seven tight slits. Six ovaries, five deferens, four prostates, and more, if he ever got bored. His calloused hands fondled breasts lathered between healthy scrotums. His every wish was a state of nature. His every preference, a dogma. Thy lord gazed upon his body in a steamy mirror and tried to get turned on. It wasn't taking. He began to cry. <laughs> Fuck me, he said to himself. Speaking to yourself another human invention, he appropriated. He could never know their struggles. He could never know the burden of his fickle whims. He could never know what it was like to please him. Though he could guess it wasn't easy. It didn't feel that good, their love. If he was honest, it was a real chore. Like a boring pet fish he'd rather let die. But humanity and thy lord had one thing in common, their cruel appetite. That same spark which divined all of existence to exist, which commanded every singer to sing and every atrocity to atrocitate, it too was passed to his servile flock. Oh, they could be so nasty. Yes, of course, he had turned their bodies molten and their city to ash and breathed destruction as easily as he ordained sports winds and parking spaces. But the humans weren't that great either, remember? They glued all those strings and rhinestones on their pubias. Gross, the Lord divined. He had himself another sigh. <sighs> he just lost his temper, he assured himself. All of it was still an act of justice. Every rending of skin, every scorching of children, and every... Suddenly, in the calm of the water, thy lord laughed. <laughs> he had forgotten about all the dogs catching on fire. <laughs> the way they whizzed around like fireworks. <laughs> Even he hadn't seen a thing like that. Yeah, you know, maybe it wasn't such a waste after all. <laughs> As he dried off, 
the Lord felt nothing except tedium. Already humdrum to the temporary lease of yawn mild distraction, now you would do it all again tomorrow. Know this, and bless thy Lord for its truth. Every loss of life committed in the Lord's name is just, for justice is that which entertains thy Lord. The story must be told. Yes, I think we've all been there. In the shower, as a young tot, hoping to scrub, scrub, scrub away a little bit of that shame. Hoping to lather, lather, lather away the bad memories. Sometimes a shower can wash you and sometimes it can soothe. But there are times, I have to admit, that a shower just gets you all dang wet. And that's all it does. Because I'll tell you what, the story affects you the same whether you are dry or gooey. The story affects you the same whether you are dry or wet as a half-drowned cat. Oh yeah, the story doesn't even care if you towel dry or blow dry or just let it air out. You see, the story likes us for all our stinks and all our cleans, and tonight, it loves all of you. You have a good one, and we'll see you next week. another installment of The Story Must Be Told and I Just Put My Baby Brother in the Dishwasher. We're proud to be hosted on the Last Podcast Network, lastpodcastnetwork.com, and ooh, I can hear him struggling against the suds. Why don't you follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at T-S-N-B-T-Pod. That's where you can find us, but my brother never will because I forgot to teach him how to swim. We have shirts for sale. Check out our shirts. You can buy our shirts. Find them on social. Find them on our website. So please, rate and review us. This is a Post Everything production, posteverythingproduction.com, and I better scrub this baby down before Mama gets home. I like, oh yeah, oh yeah, throated it. Throated In my mind, I want to pretend like I'm thinking about a hoagie, but we both know we're thinking about dicks. The story must be told.